Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Press Row, a special edition, a, uh, a Corona edition, you will, with uh, the sports world being entirely shut down, a new opportunity to talk about different things. Uh, very pleased to have with us Dr. Howard Ovens uh, from Toronto's Mount Sinai Hospital. Howard, how are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you, Jonah? I'm doing great. Just uh, for those who don't know, Howard's been in clinical emergency practice since 1982, served as the chief of the Department of Emergency Medicine for many years, a leader in the administrative and policy issues related to emergency medical services, and served on and led many regional, provincial, and national committees. Howard's published and spoken nationally and internationally on many issues, including emergency department overcrowding, mandatory reporting of gunshot wounds, the lessons of SARS, one of the reasons we have you on, uh, in addition to his work at Mount Sinai, Howard is the Ontario Expert Lead for Emergency Medicine and holds the rank of Professor at the Department of Family and Community Medicine at the University of Toronto. Did I screw anything up? No, you did very well. Thank you. <laughs> so, crazy times. Um, I'm out here in Seattle. You're in Toronto. So, you know, a good five-hour five plane ride between us. Um, how are things at the hospital there as it relates to Corona? Um, more people coming, less people coming? So I, I think uh, the time question is an interesting one. We're five hours uh, away by plane, three hours difference in time zones. But in terms of pandemic, we're uh, at least two weeks uh, behind you. Um, so at this point, we have... Um, a smattering of cases. Uh, we have many people who are uh, worried about COVID. Some of them have a reason to be worried. They've traveled out of the country or they've been in contact with someone. So a lot of people are coming in to get tested. We have not seen at this point many sick people. Um, you know, generally the people who go traveling are younger and healthier and uh, they have to come home sick and it needs to spread around a little before the more the more vulnerable people, the older generation, uh, starts to get exposed. That includes people like me. Um, so we're doing a lot of work planning right now, and we're doing a lot of work um, seeing people and testing people. But we're not yet at the point where we're looking after a large number of sick people. And you guys have uh, a pretty good well. You have a playbook to reference from SARS from several years back. How, yes. you know, not asking to get in the X's and O's of medicine because you'll lose me in about a fraction of a second. Um, but how good of a playbook is that based on what you know about the current pandemic versus SARS? You know, I, I think one of the things that um, it's good for is um, a sense of um, just uh, been there, done that. Um, I think the veterans of SARS, like, you know, it's 17 years ago, so many of my eMERGE colleagues, for instance, are quite a bit younger than, than me and uh, were not working and only have some of them dim memories of that period. And to some extent, they look a little bit more anxious and concerned. And the older folks are actually less worried because, like I say, we've, we've been through this. Um, the... Um, um, the, the, the actual virus is a little different this time. 
Um, the, although they're both from the coronavirus family, they both came from China, they seem to have jumped from animals to humans in similar ways, we believe. Um, the SARS virus was um, a virus that really made a lot of people very sick, but it wasn't that contagious and you weren't too contagious till you were in the hospital. So the main risk was to healthcare workers. And once healthcare workers in Toronto and other places learned how to protect themselves, we were able to contain it and eliminate it from the world. And we haven't seen it uh, luckily in quite some time and we never had a real pandemic. Uh, this virus, majority of people are less sick, but a little bit more contagious. So it's more of a community virus. So for instance, in Seattle, you're probably uh, more at risk in the community um, than you are inside the hospital. And so that that's going to make this a little different. And we've already, I think, reached the point where everyone realizes we will not contain and eliminate this virus like we did with SARS. We're going to have to develop some herd immunity, immunity to it and uh, learn to coexist with it. So part of the challenge in the digital age, as I'm sure you, you probably preach to younger doctors and then tell patients who, who come through your building all the time is beware of Dr. Google, if you will, where everybody gets something or hears something and immediately goes to Google and Googles it and reads something and we're all turned into chicken littles and the sky is falling. And so I'm constantly cautious of what I believe and what I read, especially when it relates to matters of health with me, my friends, my families, and certainly my kids. Um, interesting article circulating. I'm, I'm sure you've, you've seen it or heard about a uh, guy's name is Dr. Ashkish Jha at a Harvard. And he talks, starts talking about some of the numbers. Um, he says that some of the best ep epidemiologists in the world are estimating that between 40 and 70% of adults will end up getting an infection. And then he, he drills down, he says, you know, in Massachusetts, if they take the low end of 40%, that's 2 million people in Massachusetts. And if 20% of those, which is happening in China, require to be hospitalized, that's 400,000 people needing to go to the hospital. And even if you cut that number in half, that's 200,000. I imagine Massachusetts has roughly the same number of hospital beds as Toronto, give or take a few. Like that, that to me is where things go from sky is falling to terrifying. Um, I'm not going to say how serious is that, because that's, I assume that's doomsday. Um, but given that, besides staying home and washing, is there anything else we, people actually should be doing? Well, um, the, the, I, I think I've seen that article, and it's all about flattening the curve right. and trying to keep the number of people who need critical care within our capacity to provide it. And that will reduce the mortality rate, not just from the disease, but will keep us from really killing other people who need routine care, who get crowded out because of the disaster situation that they um, had in Wuhan and, and seem to have in Northern Italy. And uh, so anything any citizen can do to help us flatten the curve uh, that is slow and delay the spread of this virus so that um, we don't all get sick at the same time is really important, not just for your own health, but more importantly,
for community health for your own parents, grandparents, for your neighbors, etc. And so that's where the whole concept of social distancing comes in. And that's why um, really the moves you've been seeing in many uh, countries and communities to reduce large gatherings, to close schools, to uh, shut down sporting events, to uh, close shows on Broadway, um, and to tell people not to travel um, because traveling is a risk factor on its own um, because of extended periods in airplanes where your seatmate might be ill, because many countries are not doing a very good job of testing, uh, including <clears throat> uh, our neighbors to the south. Um, uh, you, you can't really be sure um, where you're going to encounter the virus. And so we feel it's better for people. Um, I canceled a trip uh, for next week and um, our public health people are telling Canadians uh, not to travel on school break week. So you can help the rest of the world and your community by staying home, not traveling, avoiding large gatherings, uh, working from home if you're in a job where you can do that. And when you are out and about, uh, washing your hands well, not touching your face when you're out in public areas where you might have picked something up. And the other very, very important thing is if you don't feel well, stay home because um, we don't know who has the virus always and who doesn't, especially in communities where testing is a challenge. And so our normal human reaction for most of us is if we have a mild cold is to tough it out and you know go go to work and uh, keep up our social obligations and even go to the gym and things like that um, for the next extended period anybody who's got a cough sore throat runny nose fever please stay home uh, that is really the single most important thing uh, you can do to help yourself and help everybody else. That's awesome. So, so just really quickly, Howard, I uh, got to pay a bill here. Um, home security is evolving. We all have problems with home security. It, it, we're gone are the days where you had to have people come out and do these massive expensive time uh, installations. So uh, Simple Safe is a really cool company. They are in Canada as well. They blanket your whole home in safety, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts, entry motion, glass breaks, you can get the whole thing set up by yourself. It only takes half an hour and everybody's home now because nobody's working or at school. So your kids can help you too. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police in a moment's notice, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to do is go to simplesafe.com team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk-free trial. You have nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplesafe.com team, the simplesafe.com team. Um, this is all awesome. Now you are a huge outdoorsman and, and activist for uh, keeping fit. To wit, I found this, uh, this interesting video, uh, which you'll hear the audio from in a second, which is a good transition to my last question for you. Hi, I'm Howard Ovens. I'm the director of the Schwartz-Reisman Emergency Center at Mount Sinai Hospital. And I was uh, one of two emergency physicians who recently took a group of our uh, uh, hospital board uh, members on uh, our Canada Goose Jackets kept us safe, warm, and comfortable all the way to the summit, and it's keeping me very warm and comfortable today. I'm very grateful for Canada Goose and Goose Jackets, and uh, I recommend them. Thank you. 
So there you go. A good Canadian doctor supporting a good Canadian fashion company and really warm jackets. <laughs> and, and by the way, those of you, you can follow Howard on Twitter. He's at Howard Ovens uh, at Twitter. Really recommend. Catchy handle, eh? Yeah, it's, I can't imagine where you came up with it. You have a great marketing <laughs> team behind you. So, so let me ask you a question, and I'm going to ramble here just for a second because I want to be very careful. Um, the sports world has gone entirely dark. Uh, at all ages and all levels, college, you know, high school, uh, house league, high school, rec league, pickup, college pro. It is completely dark. Uh, and I am not for one second, especially given what you just told us, going to suggest that is the wrong idea. I think it is actually the right thing. And I wish they had done it two weeks ago. So we'd be, we, we'd be two weeks ahead of things. Um, but it does daunt on me, and, and Cathal Kelly wrote about it in the Globe and Mail today, and Bruce Arthur has a great article in the Star as well, as I'm sure others do uh, across the world. Sports is a bit of, un of a uniter, and I don't want to overly compare 9-11 to this because it is different. Um, but when the games went back on, it was an ability to, to distract people and bring them back together. Uh, again, not suggesting they should be playing because I don't think they should be. Uh, but how do you think that affects our psyche as people, especially here in North America, where sports is something we're so passionate about, uh, and the arts too, concerts are canceled, theaters canceled. Uh, good God, we actually may have to talk to each other. What, what do you think the long-term effect of that is? So uh, people have said to me, what are you going to do to keep busy? Because uh, they know I'm a huge basketball fan and I had to cancel my own vacation and there is this new distraction device uh, that not all of your, your listeners will have heard of. It's called, I think, books, and you read them. And uh, so I may have to resort to reading a book. I'm not, not sure uh, how that's going to go for me, but I'm going to try it. But all joking aside, this is very anxiety-provoking for people in so many ways. Even if you're um, fact-based about your risk for the disease, um, just the, the nonverbal communications uh, related to the news and, and uh, the changes in routines and the loss of normal social interaction will be very stressful for people and will make many people anxious, some people depressed. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's a real problem. Uh, what we can do is, I think, um, and much of my tweeting is related to my colleagues and trying to create an esprit de corps, a sense of teamwork, just like the London Blitz, we're all in this together, some pride when we come out the other end and we've all done the right thing. So I hope that some of that, you know, will be the unifying factor. Um, but, you know, it's important to keep in touch. Luckily today, you can keep in touch with people in so many different ways. You can phone them, you can email them, text them, whatever. You can even want, look at them on a, on a Skype or uh, uh, you know, a, a video Zoom. call. Zoom, thank you, Zoom. And um, so, you know, people have to make a real effort to continue to have some downtime, get some exercise. If your gym actually gets closed, go for a walk somewhere where, uh, where you can uh, get a good brisk walk, get outside, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, speak to people, even if you have to do it by Zoom or by phone. And if you're really feeling isolated, stressed, depressed, um, reach out to somebody, including uh, some uh, medical practitioners, call, call a helpline, go to your emergency department if you're really feeling desperate. 
Um, but I think for most of us, like I say, like the Toronto SARS experience, we look back on that period with pride. We all rolled up our sleeves and, and tackled a challenge together and we're uh, proud of what we did. And I, I hope the sense of community will come from uh, all of us cooperating and doing what we're asked to do and being good citizens and seeing the results are that you're you're really uh, helping us get through and get back to what we what we all want to do, which is live a normal, healthy life. Well, thank you, Howard. We've taken enough of your time away from uh, helping those who are, I'm sure, needing it. Uh, we all appreciate the work you and your colleagues do, and uh, especially thank you for joining us today in, in the press row. And I uh, hope everyone stays healthy and safe wherever they are in, in the world listening, and uh, cannot thank you enough. Okay, pleasure. All Be right. well. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.